think a lot about the difference between the direction that my soul and the universe or the cosmos or my higher self is leading me versus the direction that my ego is very hell-bent on taking. This juxtaposition is something that comes up time and time again for me, and I've noticed this with my clients as well. Committing to living a life that feels soulful or feels heart-centered or feels like it has some type of path of meaning for you is an ongoing process. There will be times when you'll feel like you have it on lock and you intuitively know that you're going in the right direction. And then there will be times where you're unsure and you feel like the universe is testing you and you feel like you need to start back from square one and rewrite everything that you've been doing and the entire way you've been approaching things. For a lot of us, I would reckon to say for most of us, this is something that happens again and again throughout our lives. I think it's really important to talk about because sometimes we get the conception, uh, especially I think in these spiritual self-growth communities online that a lot of us hang out in, we get the conception that once you find this soul path, you're just golden, you're good to go. Everything becomes magical and everything unfolds as it should be and the universe opens doors for you. That may very well be the experience for some people, um, but for most of us, I think our path is filled with all of these twists and turns and backslides, and it's it's sort of more like a game of shoots and ladders than uh, just a straight linear progression. As I'm now getting on this spiel, I suppose I should pause for a moment and say hello and welcome to Keyfinding. I am Carrie Mallon, and this is a podcast where we have been talking about tarot and personal growth, and we're going to continue that journey today. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about this whole concept of discerning between trudging along and um, kind of forcing our way forward like a bull in a china shop on our ego path versus finding a way to step back and listen to the way that um, our spirit wants to guide our path. I guess one of the reasons I've been thinking about this is that sometimes it can be very hard to tell the difference. Sometimes you start out on a certain trajectory in your life because you feel pulled to it by something within you, so it starts out feeling like this spirit-led path. But then you get this idea in your head, you get this ego projection of how this is supposed to go. And when you have that really rigid vision of how things are going to unfold, I think it's kind of a a delicate thing because sometimes having a very clear vision of what you want to achieve or what you want to manifest can be really helpful and really useful, but other times it can become really restrictive. It can keep you stuck going towards something and it can lead you to bat your head up against the wall when really perhaps your higher self, the universe, your spirit is trying to guide you in a different direction. So I see this a lot with myself. Again, I see it a lot with my clients that sometimes we need to step back and figure out how we can tell the difference and how we can get really real with ourselves and know if we are pushing ahead on a path that is an ego path and we maybe need to rethink that approach versus are we on a path that is being still guided and still open by our spirit. 
it's something that's been coming up for me lately in various ways in my life, but one of the ways it's actually been coming up is this that I'm doing right now, this very experience, this um, experiment, as I've phrased it, of hosting this podcast. If you have been hanging out with me for a while, if you heard the last episode of the podcast, I talked a bit um, in that episode about some of my uncertainty of the direction it would be going and, and what would be transpiring for here. So this is a very real thing that I've been sitting with lately, and this is just one manifestation of it for me is, am I continuing with this podcast because it is something that my spirit is guiding me to do, or is it because my ego is compelling me forward? And um, I feel like because of some of the things I'm going to share with you today, I'm getting a better handle on that. So I'll talk more about that as we go through the episode. One of the reasons tarot has become something I know on a spirit level will be with me for the long haul is because it is the most effective mirror that I have found for the things that I go through. When I'm going through a certain life lesson, I often find myself gravitating towards specific cards in the deck because in that moment, I can see the lessons that I am going through reflected in the cards. And it's almost like they help me click into a knowledge. They help me click into some type of natural unfolding of the process that is already within me, but seeing it in the cards is what brings it forward into my conscious mind. A while back, I wrote a blog post when I was going through a really intense process of pain and healing. And in that post, I talked about three cards in the Major Arcana, a three-card sequence. And it is the sequence of card 15, the Devil, card 16, the Tower, and card 17, the Star. So in that post, I was essentially examining those three cards and talking about how they aligned at that moment with my experience of the healing process. Um, So I've been thinking about something similar lately, but on a different theme and with a different group of cards. What I've been thinking about lately is this, what we're talking about on the podcast today, which is this notion of discerning between our ego path and our spirit path. The group of cards that have been helping me process what I've been going through with this are card seven, the chariot, card eight, strength, card nine, the hermit, and card 10, the wheel of fortune. As I've been grappling with this theme for myself, I feel in these particular cards something relevant to what I've been experiencing lately, and I want to share it with you today with the hopes that perhaps you might find something here that resonates for you as well. I do want to preface this by saying that this view of the cards that I'm going to be sharing today is by no means meant to be an exclusive or exhaustive or uh, authoritative way to view this portion of the Major Arcana. One of my favorite things about tarot as well is that there's so many facets to the cards and it may very well be that at a different point in my life I'll look at this exact same group of cards and see in them very different messages and that's what I love about tarot that there's so many facets and um, the cards are always bringing up different things for me depending on my dynamics at the time that I'm working with them. 
So the first card we have in this grouping is, of course, the chariot. The chariot is often associated with the development and prominence of the ego. One thing I think is really important noting about the ego is that the ego is not a bad thing. We all need an ego in order to survive and navigate in this world. If you didn't have an ego, you'd be in a lot of trouble. So our ego tends to get a bad rap, but in a psychological sense, our ego is absolutely necessary to letting us be here and be present for this experience in this lifetime. However, the reason that the ego tends to get a bad rap in a spiritual sense is that the ego can sometimes become quite narrow-minded and quite singularly focused in its endeavors. Sometimes it is hard for your ego to open up and see the bigger picture. Sometimes it is hard for your ego to accept that there is any potentiality beyond what it can discern in this moment. So for me, the chariot shows both the positive side of the ego as well as the shadow side of the ego. So although I do want to be clear that there are many healthy and necessary aspects of your ego, in the metaphor that I'm weaving today with these cards, the chariot is representative of the energy that you are embodying when you are sticking to a course, making decisions, and taking action more from a place of ego than necessarily a place of spirit. Sometimes this ego-directed effort can actually be a compliment when you are on a spirit-driven path. I know there have definitely been times for me where I'm certain that I am on a path that feels authentic and feels right for me, but there are phases in that path where I have to tap into that chariot energy and I have to be willing to just get shit done and charge forward and go where I want to go and not let any distractions sideline me and really just sort of bulldoze my way through anything that is in my way. So sometimes, even though I'm using this as a metaphor for an ego-directed path, sometimes having that energy for a a certain amount of time on your journey can be healthy. I think when it becomes unhealthy is when you start getting clues and signals that perhaps um, a reframing or a different direction is necessary, but you are so attached to the way that you're already going that you try to ignore or you try to just push past those little clues, those little winks that are coming to you from the universe. You want to ignore them because you have already made the determination, your ego is already set on a certain path, and that is what you are going to stick to. I think one of the biggest clues that this is happening and you're letting ego direct your path perhaps in a non-constructive way, one of the first clues that comes up is that you you actually just don't really feel right about things. You feel like everything is an uphill battle. Um, you feel like you're constantly needing to be in this energy of striving and forcing, and you feel just exhausted. You feel overwhelmed. You feel drained. Um, you feel like you're fighting against the tide, and it's, it's really just energetically um, exhausting, energetically draining. So you have that sense of no knowing that, that something isn't working um, and knowing that you're somehow pushing against the currents, yet your ego is still compelling you to stay the course for whatever reason. 
a piece of advice that I often give to clients as well as to myself in many different types of circumstances, but it certainly applies here, is to tune back into the why behind what you're doing. So if you find yourself in this place where you know you're in this energy of pushing and forcing and following um, a somewhat ego-driven path, one of the first steps that can help you reassess that energy is to to ask yourself to pause and consider why you are on this path. And there are many different things that might come up for you, but in some circumstances it might be something like, well, I, you know, I made this decision a long time ago. I already have a certain amount of momentum behind it, and so I need to stay on this track. Or it might be something like, well, this is this is part of my identity now. Um, this is something that people know me for. This is a part of my public persona. So I don't want to switch directions because this is part of how I associate myself and my role in this world. Those are just a couple of examples of when you're on an ego-driven path, those are some of the whys that might come up. When you're on a spirit-driven path, the whys are, of course, very different. They are more to do with feeling inspired and feeling compelled and feeling aligned. The reason I think it's so important to tap back into your why is because your why sometimes changes with time. So when you set out on this path, it may have been for a more spirit-guided reason. But as you have pushed forward on this path, perhaps you have found that your reasons have become more ego-driven. So there's a couple of things that could potentially happen. One is that you might be able to reassess your approach, realign yourself with your spirit-driven reason, and continue forward with the same directory, but with a different internal energy, with the spirit-led energy instead of that ego-led energy. Or the other thing that can happen is that you can decide that things change. And even though you made this decision to go on this trajectory um, at some point in time, for whatever reason, now the trajectory is no longer authentic for you. It has become ego-driven, and that's when perhaps you need to reassess your course and be open to change. That stuff that I've just been talking about with reassessing and whatnot is somewhat connected to the energy that I see coming in when we get to card eight, which is strength. The way that I learned tarot, there was an association between the chariot and strength. There are certain cards in the deck that it's sort of commonly accepted that they have an association like the magician and the high priestess or the emperor and the empress or even the sun and the moon. Strength and the chariot is perhaps a bit of a less common association but this is the way that I learned tarot and it's an association that has always been relevant for me. So I learned that one of the associations of the chariot is the concept of what you could call hard control. I was talking about this a moment ago and I was using words like forcing. So that's that energy of hard control. But when you get to the strength card, you have this energy of soft control. So the strength card is more uh, to do with working with challenges instead of just trying to bulldoze through them with being willing to take a gentler approach to look at your challenges, to look within yourself and to figure out how you might take a more ease-filled 
approach. I do want to say a few more words about this idea of ease because this is something that I see people talk about somewhat frequently in spiritual circles, this idea of living with an energy of ease rather than an energy of force. And I think it's really important to point out that living with an energy of ease doesn't mean that you never have challenges. Um, It doesn't mean that you never get frustrated. Uh, It doesn't mean that things are always quote-unquote easy. Instead, it's a different approach that you have where you are more willing to be flexible, where you are more willing to bend instead of breaking. So it is an approach that is about your internal energy and ease is perhaps the best word that I can link to that approach, but it does not, again, it doesn't not necessarily have to mean that everything is actually easy. I hope that makes sense. So I think that shifting into this energy of strength is one of the first gifts we can give ourselves when perhaps we are going down a more ego-driven path. This is the gift of reassessing. And as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't even necessarily have to mean that you change your ultimate goal or your ultimate trajectory. In some instances, it might only mean that you need to change your approach so that your approach feels like it has more of this aura of a soft control versus the hard control, the ego-driven approach of the chariot. The title of the card, Strength, is very appropriate as well. Because one of the reasons that it can be so difficult to make a shift when you're on an ego-driven path ties back into a few of the things I mentioned earlier, and they're things that commonly trip your ego up, like, you know, what other people will think, or, um, you know, am I letting myself down by changing my direction, by letting go of this goal, by moving in a different direction, or, or just by changing how I've been approaching this goal? It can be very painful for the ego to um, to let go of what it is attached to. And that's why I think this gentleness of strength is so imperative. There's also um, a really strong energy of courage in the strength card. And when you've been on an ego-driven path, sometimes you find that stepping into a more spirit-driven path requires some pretty big changes. Not always. Sometimes, like I talked about a moment ago, it can be more subtle shifts and just changing more of your approach instead of changing your whole trajectory. But at other times, it can mean making big changes. It can be it can mean making changes that change the way you identify yourself. And that's very, very scary, and it's not an easy thing to do. So it does take a lot of courage when you are making these huge changes and when your spirit is asking you to go in a vastly different direction it can be um, it can be a very unpleasant experience for your ego it can be a very scary experience and so having that courage having that ability to gently reassure yourself that going in this direction that going where your spirit is asking you to go is actually worth it is an absolutely essential element on your journey. People use a lot of cliches like, you know, follow your heart and all of these kinds of things. And they sound very nice and sometimes they can serve a purpose and be inspiring. 
but I think that we also need to acknowledge that following your heart often is not that simple. Um, it often takes a lot of inner work. It often takes a lot of adjustments and readjustments and constantly checking back in with where you are. And certainly it often takes a, a very vast amount of courage. And we see that courage reflected in the strength card. It might be worth mentioning that one reason that many of us find it so scary, I guess, to continue in a more spirit-led direction is that for a lot of us, following the path that our spirit calls us to means doing things that are very, very different from the standard societal norm. For example, one experience that I've had where this came up for me in the past was when I left my job in the corporate world to become a tarot reader. Um, it was it took a lot of this strength energy. It took a lot of courage because what I was doing in following my spirit was so outside of the traditional societal norm. And it took a lot of me tapping into what was going on with my ego because my ego was very much like at times saying, Carrie, what are you doing? You you got this college degree, you got this job, you know, you're on this path, you did all of these things to get on this path, and now all of a sudden your spirit wants to quit your job and become a tarot reader. So I definitely had this experience of going through the energy of the chariot, going through the energy of strength, um, and it, it was certainly it took a lot of courage because it was so different than the societal norms. And I think this is something that perhaps in different ways, uh, I know not all of you are going to quit your jobs to become tarot readers, but I think many of you are spiritual seekers. And I'm sure that you have perhaps already had and will continue to have times in which your spirit leads you to do things that are very different than what most people do. They're very different than um, our, you know, our standard accepted paths that are that are laid out for us by society. And that's why it takes so much courage to actually follow your heart and go in that spirit-led direction. That's one of the reasons it takes so much courage. In some instances, this dynamic of the chariot and the strength card is perhaps all that will be required in a given cycle of navigating a, a path of ego versus a path of spirit. But in other instances, you then move on to the energy of the hermit. The hermit phase becomes necessary if you have gone through the self-reflection, the cultivation of strength that we talked about with the previous card, and you know that perhaps something different is in order for you to be able to move forward with spirit, but you cannot yet see that path. That is when you then move into the energy of the hermit. The energy of the hermit is well, perhaps one of the most straightforward cards in the Major Arcana. The Hermit is about going within yourself. The Hermit is about being willing to accept where you are right now, to fully accept what has not been working with the ego-driven approach, and to return to somewhat of the energy of receptivity that links back into the High Priestess, which is a card that comes up earlier in the Major Arcana. 
the hermit might ask you to, instead of doing what your ego would perhaps ask you to do, which is to turn to other people for advice on what you should do next, to you know turn to books or turn to your friends or turn to whoever else, the hermit asks you to do something counter to that type of um, looking without that your ego would spark you to do. And the hermit asks you to look within yourself. And that's another piece of common advice that is sometimes quite easier to say than to actually do. We can put up, or I should say, our egos can put up quite a fight when we decide that we need to step into this energy of the hermit. And sometimes it can really take a lot of intention and a lot of conscious practice to be able to get yourself to really quiet that voice of your ego and actually truly go within I know that I've had experiences where I get caught in kind of a loophole in this part of the cycle where I reach this realization that I'm on an ego-driven path and I know I have to do something different and that requires me to tap into the energy of the hermit but then my ego is like you know what would be easier is to just not do that and just get back on my train and do what <laughs> do what you've been doing so sometimes that cycle takes a while before you can really settle into the energy of the hermit. There's a piece of imagery in the hermit card that stands out to me, and it's the lantern that the hermit has. When you compare this to the chariot, there's an interesting contrast. In the chariot, as I was talking about that card representing more of this ego-driven approach, the chariot in the Rider-Waite-Smith depiction, which is the one I'm looking at as I'm recording this, shows this person sitting in the driver's seat of this chariot looking out at the path in front of him. And you can almost get the impression that if you could take his perspective, the path in front of him would be somewhat clear and predetermined. He knows what the path is. He's on the path. He's going forward. He can see where he's going. Contrast that with the hermit. The hermit has this lantern. And the hermit, sometimes when I look at this card, I imagine that the lantern illuminates enough for the hermit to see and feel and sense his next right step. The hermit has this sense of inner knowing that he doesn't necessarily need to see the entire road as the chariot might feel that he needs to see the entire road. Instead, this hermit has this trust that As he turns within himself, as he lets his spirit guide the way, he will always be able to see the next small step in the right direction. And that is a big part of the shift from being guided by ego to being guided by spirit, is letting go of the need to know exactly how everything is going to pan out. Letting go of the need to feel like you have 100% certainty of what to do and how the road is going to look from here. Because for all of us, our spirit-guided paths look different, right? But one thing that they tend to have in common, regardless of the specifics of our path, is that unexpected things often do come up. It is very hard to set out on a spirit-driven path and know this is exactly what's going to happen from here, as the chariot would know. Instead, when you set up 
set off on a spirit-driven path, there is much more mystery, there is much more of the unknown, and you have to consistently check in with yourself and be willing to release some of the need for control and instead be willing to cultivate an inner awareness of your next small step in any given moment. This reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Joseph Campbell. He said, if you can see your path laid out in front of you step by step, you know it's not your path. Your own path you make with every step you take. That is why it is your path. This all brings us to the last card in the sequence that I'm looking at, which is the Wheel of Fortune. There's this sense that when you are following a spirit-led path, you're required to be open to the unknown. The Wheel of Fortune can represent any type of changes that we encounter on our path, big sweeping changes. When you're on an ego-driven path, you, you probably aren't that fond of changes because changes means that things aren't going according to the plan that your ego is so vehemently attached to. But I really feel that part of being on a spirit-guided path is being open to changes and open to the unknown instead of being fixated on a particular outcome, instead of directing yourself on one set course. To me, part of what the Wheel of Fortune represents is the need to keep yourself open to any changes and any shifts that the universe, your spirit, your higher self might deem are of your best interest and will derive the most meaning to you. To return to the personal example that I was talking about earlier, this is something that came up for me when I started getting interested in tarot to begin with. It was somewhat of a wheel of fortune moment. I had never, I never just decided one day I'm going to, you know, start working with tarot. It was something that happened through synchronicity and it was something that happened through unexpected forces of the universe. Years before that, I never could have sat down and mapped out a plan for myself and said, okay, at this day and time, I'm going to develop an interest in tarot because I just had no idea that that was going to happen. Sometimes the path that your spirit would lead you down is a path that is very difficult for your ego to see at first glance. It's something unexpected. It's something different. And those types of attributes are represented by the Wheel of Fortune. This seems to me to be a common thing I notice when I speak with people who are doing something that they're very passionate about and something that is very meaningful and purposeful to them. When you ask them how they got into this thing, they often have some strange story that's full of coincidences and unexpected twists and turns that led them to find this path. They didn't, you know, get into that energy of the chariot and decide they were going to find this path. Instead, it is something that they found because they were receptive and they were open to where their life might lead them. I think the Wheel of Fortune reminds you that you don't need to know exactly what is going to happen from here. That can be a very uncomfortable state of experience for your ego, which very much wants to know exactly what is going to happen. 
but more often than not, when you are on a spirit-guided path, you might have this sense that we talked about with the hermit, that you find these um, this internal ability to navigate your next steps, but you don't necessarily have a perfectly clear vision of the big picture of where all of these small steps are leading you. There's somewhat of this element of needing to trust in the unknown, of needing to trust the shifts that happen within you and the shifts that happen within the universe, and those shifts are represented by the Wheel of Fortune. This theme of not having total certainty of what is going to happen and not having total certainty of exactly what you are doing is something that I find myself drawn to again and again and I've certainly talked about it over the years in my business in past blog posts and on social media. It seems to be one of those things that when I talk about this it really resonates with people. I think that there's a lot of us out there who need to give ourselves permission to not know exactly what is happening from here, and instead of being ashamed of that, which the shame is coming from a place of ego, we need to know that when we are living a spirit-led life, we are not always going to know what is going to happen next. Um, It's not always going to be cut and dry. It's going to come with a lot of mystery and it's going to require us to truly embrace the unknown and be open to what is to come. I hope some of this conversation has been relevant and useful for you. I want to circle back around. I mentioned earlier in the episode that part of why I've been thinking about all of this lately is in relation to my determination of what should be my next move with this very podcast. And I talked about that a bit in the previous episode of the podcast as well. So in the interest of always being open with you guys, which is something that's very important to me. I would like to share with you where I am now with the podcast and perhaps how things might look going forward. So for quite some time, I have been in the hermit energy of this uh, sort of ego-driven versus spirit-driven trajectory that I've been describing throughout the episode. I've been spending a lot of time trying to sit with myself um, and trying to really figure out how I can find an inner answer about what is best for me to do going forward. I'm now at the point where that process of inner work has led me to a couple of discoveries and I think that those discoveries are now leading me into one facet of the Wheel of Fortune phase, which is deciding to make certain changes. So here is what is going on. This is going to be the final episode of the Key Finding Podcast. Not because I think that I've been on a purely ego-driven path, but because I feel that in order for podcasting to be in alignment with my spirit, there needs to be some changes to the way that I do podcasting. The main thing is that I've had the sense for a while that I want to perhaps have some type of collaboration. So I'm not sure at this exact moment how that is going to pan out, but I've been in communication with a potential collaborator, and so there is the potential that a new podcast will be coming that I will be co-hosting with someone else. So it's not certain yet, 
Uh, the details are still being ironed out by myself and by the universe, but that is something that is potentially on the horizon. The other thing, and I mentioned this in the last episode, but is that uh, doing the podcast has taken somewhat of my focus away from writing, and writing is one of my spirit's true passions. So I want to be getting back into doing more writing. So you can still hear from me a lot online. Um, I know some of you might be disappointed that this is the last episode of the Key Finding Podcast, and so I want to let you know that any support you have given me has been very much appreciated, and I've really enjoyed the process of doing this, but I did think of it all along as an experiment, and now I've got to that point where my spirit knows that although this experiment was very beneficial in many ways and I want to take some aspects of it forward, there are some changes I want to make. So I'm going to be getting back into doing writing um, more regularly on my blog. But that said, another thing that I learned from doing this podcast is that there are benefits, there are, there's a certain type of magic that comes in an audio format that is different than the magic that comes in the written format. So something that I am toying with and I think I'm going to experiment with, because you guys know I love experimenting, is that when I get back into writing blog posts, I may experiment with recording audio versions of those posts as well and putting them up on SoundCloud, uh, having them available on my blog. They probably won't be as long as a podcast episode would be, but if you find that you connect better with information shared in the audio format, um, I found that I enjoy sharing information in the audio format as well, and I think doing some audio versions of what I share on my blog is a way to kind of bridge that that gap. So I'm definitely in a bit of this Wheel of Fortune energy and that I'm not sure what will happen from here, but I hope that things will work out with starting a different podcast and having that collaborative energy because I think that that would be really good for me and that's that's the direction my spirit is asking me to go but it's unknown it's unknown right now what will happen from here so I want to thank you guys again for listening and for being in this space with me it's been it's been really good and I'm excited to always keep going through this process that I'm always going through of trying things of tuning into where my heart is leading me and um, we'll see we'll see what happens from here but I'm not going away (laughs) I'll still be around online the best way to stay in the loop of my wheel of fortune energy and where these changes all lead would be to join my mailing list if you're not already on my mailing list I send out emails usually mm, weekly sometimes more or less frequently, but you can get on my mailing list by visiting my website at carriemallon.com and you'll be aware of what happens from here. I wish you all the best as you continue forward and I send you so much strength and courage to tap into your own understanding of what your spirit is asking you to do and how you can continue to live your life in a way that feels guided by spirit. I'm looking forward to what is to come from here and regardless of the exact format and the exact way that things work out, I am honored to connect with you and I hope to continue connecting with you from here. 
sending gratitude and love your way, and I will talk to you later.